Hey everyone, I'm Haley Bloom-Peterson, and this is Our Stories, Our Health. I am talking once again to Dr. Hannah Lixon, and Hannah, you did some work related to mask wearing over the weekend. Do you want to give us a little bit of an update on um, the, the project that you're working on? Yeah, well, I really kind of joined in with a team of uh, doctors, physicians locally, who are uh, asking Governor Walls to issue a universal masking mandate for indoor spaces. Uh, And this was something that happened pretty organically. There's, as I'm sure you can imagine, lots of Facebook groups, and some of those Facebook groups are for physicians. And there's actually one group I'm a part of that is for physician moms. And uh, a doctor who I'd never met before, uh, Dr. Amy Cho, uh, posted a comment saying, hey, I'm working on this letter. Anybody have feedback? And so a group of us helped write this letter to Governor Walls. And uh, within, I think, two days, we got over 1,500 signatures from healthcare providers throughout the wow. state of Minnesota yeah, asking the governor to issue a mandatory uh, mask mandate. And and what I thought was so amazing from this was the the reach throughout the state. So it was, of course, many doctors and nurses, pharmacists, et cetera, because it was really the full spectrum of healthcare workers who signed it. But it was a lot of folks from the Twin Cities metro area, but also uh, Duluth and Moorhead and Rochester, Winona, Mankato. Uh, I think we had somebody up in... Grand Marais, people from the Boundary Waters area, Hinkley, you know, it was people, healthcare providers in St. Cloud and Alexandria, people all over the state asking the governor for the same thing. And I think that just was incredibly powerful. So last Friday, you gathered with these other physicians. Um, and can you just walk me through sort of how the day went? So we met up Friday morning at the Capitol and we had put together uh, a map of where everybody who had signed our, our petition or letter uh, was from. And so we gathered and we uh, also part of what we're doing is making sure that for every signature we have on our letter asking for universal masking, we have a mask to donate. Uh, so we brought together, I think, about 2000 masks and uh, went to the Capitol to, to show our stuff and to make our statement. Uh, and after that, and of course we brought our kids because we, the, the three of us who organized this are our parents, as well as being doctors, it was myself and Dr. Cho and Dr. Eccles, and they're both emergency room doctors. As you know, I'm a primary care doctor. Uh, and then we logged our, our kids and our signs and, and our masks over to the governor's mansion. And we, uh, presented our letter with all of its signatures to uh, the governor's staff, you know, through the fence. But while mm-hmm. we were there, Governor Walls actually came out and spoke to us, which was really unexpected and just lovely to get a chance to deliver our mes- message in person. And was he receptive? He was. And I think that, you know, what he said was that he agreed that uh, masking is important and that universal, ma- universal masking as a mandate is important and that he had been really listening to the health department who has said the same thing we're saying and listening to Minnesota Nurses Association who also is saying 
the same thing that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in talking with the Chamber of Commerce in Minnesota, explaining to them that this is in order to keep businesses open, we need to limit spread, and that he was seriously considering making this a mandate. So, so we're going to keep pushing <laughs> until it until it happens because I think um, I think it's important. Why are masks so important? We know masks are a form of prevention. So, you know, in healthcare, not only do we need masks in areas where there's already an outbreak, but we especially need to be wearing masks in areas where the outbreak hasn't happened yet because we want to prevent that outbreak. And especially in Minnesota, where we have a healthcare system that has disinvested in rural healthcare facilities. You know, our rural communities don't have resources that they need to carry to care for a huge outbreak from COVID. And so mm-hmm. those are communities where prevention is key, just like it is everywhere, but especially in those communities where um, I hear people say, well, why should I wear a mask? We've only had like 10, 20, 30 cases in our community. It's not a huge issue. It, that That is exactly where you should be wearing masks to prevent it from becoming an issue. It's about really protecting people, you know, and if we were doing things right, in my opinion, if we were all wearing masks all the time, limiting face-to-face contact, prioritizing virus suppression, we'd get to a point where we could confidently live our lives safely until there was a vaccine. We'd be able to adapt and create new ways of living that were safe, uh, that allowed people to live well and with housing, economic, and food security, while also being safe from this pandemic. Uh, We have not chosen (laughs) to respond in that way as a society, as a a country, or even as a state, uh, though we have done better, I think, than many other environments. So you know, masking is a really easy and safe thing to do. It does not take a huge financial investment. It is not a huge barrier to life as we know it, um, certainly as compared to the large-scale lockdowns and stay-at-home orders mm-hmm. that we had previously. Wearing a mask is really not a big deal. I wear a mask all the time. I wear a mask and have worn a mask for very long periods of time at work. It's, it's something I do a lot. It's something all my colleagues do. Um, it takes some getting used to, but it's really, in my opinion, not a huge deal. Uh, there are some cases where people would need exceptions, so those are few. Masks are, are safe with lung disease. They're safe with asthma. They're safe with emphysema and other chronic lung disease. Uh, so unless your doctor says you shouldn't be wearing a mask for a very specific reason, we should be wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I want to be clear here, Haley, that masks are not the whole answer. Uh, we also need to be thoughtful in in how we spend our time and continue with physical distancing. Uh, just because you're wearing a mask doesn't mean you should go to a crowded bar um, and feel mm-hmm. like we're completely safe. So masks are a piece of it. They're not the entire uh, strategy for prevention. Right. And all of the things that we're doing, be it shutdown, mask wearing, social distancing, all of those things are to reduce the spread and reduce the personal risk to any given person of contracting COVID-19. So yes, one, one piece of the big puzzle. Exactly. So you've told us about the importance of universal masking, but what are some things that we should maybe be thinking about um, or be aware of 
if the governor does make this mandatory? Yeah, I think we need to be really thoughtful about how we enforce this policy. Uh, as we know, and I think as a lot of people are are recognizing more, uh, policies can have significant racial disparities when they are enforced in a prejudiced or racist way. And this policy is no exception. And so we need to be really thoughtful and include uh, leaders from the Black, Indigenous, and other people of color communities in talking about how this type of policy affects their communities and how it can be enforced in a an anti-racist way. So that means not punishing somebody if they can't afford a mask. Uh, so the first step would be providing a mask to someone who doesn't have one but needs mm-hmm. to go to the store. Uh, making sure that people are, if there's a fine associated with this policy, that fines are given in a racially equitable way. You're not only finding people in South Minneapolis and North Minneapolis, you're finding people in Edina and Invergrove Heights as well. Uh, and that we're tracking this information and that that we're accountable for it. Uh, so I just think that we need to be really thoughtful about all of those issues and also recognize that some people, especially uh, Black men who are often seen by white people as a threat, um, inappropriately so, uh, may not be comfortable wearing a mask and may mm-hmm. fear for their safety walking into a public environment with a mask on because of how they may be perceived. Uh, so I think we need to take all these things into account. But all of that said, masks are still important and I do believe they should be mandated. I just think that we need to be talking to communities of color on how to actually go about doing that in a safe way for their communities. Well, thanks for all of the incredible work you're doing in, um, you know, trying to make sure that people know the importance of masking and also for all the information you're giving us, Hannah. You're so welcome, Haley. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye. We know it's hard to stay up to date on all that's happening around COVID-19, but we're here to make that a little bit easier. Our Stories, Our Health is committed to bringing you timely, science-based information through all of our information channels. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at OurHealthMN. That's O-U-R-H-E-A-L-T-H-M-N. Or head to our website for the latest stories and resources, OurStoriesOurHealth.org. We get through this together. Wash your hands, keep your distance, and we'll help to flatten the curve.